Welcome back to Performer Talks. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about Performing Arts Mag. Performing Arts Mag is a completely free online magazine specifically designed to help performers and performing arts-based businesses. Performing Arts Mag provides engaging, relevant and insightful content on the industry from leading professionals in the business. And like I say, it's all completely free and there to help make our industry more accessible for everyone. To download any of our free monthly editions, just head to the link in our show notes. And don't forget to check out Performing Arts Mag's website to keep up to date with all the latest theatre, film and TV news. A massive thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget, if you love this episode, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. Let's get on with today's episode. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the extremely talented Rory Fraser. And Rory is a performer and a creative, and we're so excited to have him on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on. No, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm excited to be on here and get to chat to you. It's an absolute pleasure. It's been quite a while since I've seen you at Move It, um, but you're looking really well. So for all the listeners at home, I would love for you to tell them a little bit about who you are and what you get up to. Perfect. So yeah, I'm, I'm Rory Fraser. I'm a creative. Um, I'm 20 years old, so um, I've just started my first professional contract as an adult performer, uh, performing in Bugs Malone, the UK tour. Um, but yeah, aside from like performing as well, I also am very heavily involved in teaching um, and kind of educate, educating young dancers, mainly in the sort of uh, jazz realm. Um, and that's what I spend most of my time outside performing, doing. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of a very quick summary of who I am. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's me, really. That's Rory. Um, yeah, no, you're doing amazing things in the industry all the time, not only on the performing side, but on the teaching side, because you do a lot of workshops and you're an assistant to Rosina Andrews. You do a lot of stuff with her. How's that linking all together? Yeah, so I started, I started teaching, um, well, assisting Rosina when I was about 15. So I've been assisting her for about five years now. Um, and it started off very, you know, like demonstrating, um, sort of that was just what I did. I sort of just listened to what she said, demonstrated. Um, and then as the years have progressed, I've got more and more involved in um, actually teaching. So I started off, you know, I would take a group off if they needed some help with some something. And then it was like, oh, I, I have, I love teaching uh, younger kids. Uh, I've always been around younger kids. My mum used to be a childminder, so I've loads of experience with um, younger kids. So it started and then Rosie was like, oh, I want to offer a minis class. Do you want to teach it? Started doing minis classes. That's when I started teaching my own stuff. And then from there, it just progressed and progressed until now. You know, sometimes when we go to workshops, me and Rosina will teach two separate classes alongside each other just so we can get as much sort of information into uh, a workshop as possible. Um, so, yeah, I sort of, I fell in love with teaching. I absolutely adore teaching. It's, it's such a, I just 
absolutely love like sharing what I have um and also like I find it helps me learn so much when I'm teaching and learning about how different people learn and like taking people's ideas and kind of expanding on that not just me going I know this I know the best you listen to me here you go here's my information and um, so it's really helped me sort of progress as a as a performer as well and really helped me in that aspect of um my career in such um so it's been it's been such a great um opportunity and journey and obviously like uh, my job is to teach even when I'm not in a performing job I've got something that's really involved in the industry I get to travel I get to meet new people there's so many people that I've met from that I've like taught in workshops and things and then I go to an audition or into a job and they're like, oh, you taught me these years ago. And I'm like, how crazy that, like, you know, so many people that I meet um, and sort of have connections with that um, now in my performing career have really intertwined. Um, and, yeah, I just learned so much from uh, listening to Rosina teach, listening to her husband, Sam. Sam Downing teach. He's a strength and conditioning coach um, for dancers. So that has helped me massively with injury prevention, warm-ups, um, you know, strengthening, which means I can actually do my job rather than, you know, being injured and, like, not being warm and ready for what I need to do. So it's, it has been really great, and I'm still teaching for them now um, in between weeks off and things um, when I can you know, jumping about, trying to do as much as I can and still be involved with that uh, that little team of us. Amazing. And I love that you mentioned in the About Me, you kind of introduced yourself and you said this, the Bugs the UK tour is the first adult professional contract that you've done because you were actually in the West End. Yes, yeah, yeah. Many years ago now, many years ago now, yeah. But you were in Matilda. How was that, being part of such an iconic show? Yeah, so Matilda was one of my, one of my last jobs as a kid. Um, it, was, it was such an experience. Um, it really, it, it taught me a lot, like a lot. Um, I'm super grateful to have had that opportunity. I got into the show quite um, late. I was quite tall. Um, for the part I was playing. So I started playing uh, the part of Nigel, which is normally one of the smaller boys. However, I was quite tall. Um, I had auditioned for the show, I think, like four or five times before I managed to actually get it. Um, so as the years went on of the auditions, you know, I got taller, 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 eventually got the job. And I was like, oh, quite tall. Um, I was about, I think I was about 12 when I got that job. Um, yeah, I think that sounds about right. Uh, and, I mean, it was phenomenal. Like, uh, we had so much to do in that show. Like, it's so heavily revolved around the kids. that You know, we were constantly on stage, constantly doing things. You know, it wasn't just, you know, sitting off stage, coming on, doing one scene, going home before the bows, which I know, like, some kids' jobs that that's what they get to do and it's still an amazing experience but we were so heavily involved that it was just phenomenal um i learned so much not even just from a physical point of view but like things like etiquette and um 
like how the theatre works, things like that. I learned so much how people work in different ways, how different choreographers, how different directors and people work. And that is probably the biggest thing I took from that job. And also it allowed me to learn how I learned as well. It was the first time I really was like, okay, I learned like this. Um, And luckily that matched the choreographer we were working with that matched his style. So it really worked for me. Um, And I know that's how I like really sort of came out of that job and knew exactly what I needed to do to get to where I wanted to go. Um, so yeah, I, I was in Matilda, I was in Matilda as Nigel for about six months. Um, and then towards the end of my contract as Nigel, I got asked to move up to the role of Bruce. Um, so I went back into rehearsals for about three weeks, I think it was, um, so all the other kids had been rehearsing. So while I was still doing shows and I left the show um, to go back into rehearsals, learn a new track, um, and then started doing performances as Bruce, which was amazing. Um, had such a good time, obviously, Bruce, you know, with the chocolate cake and stuff. It's like such an iconic thing. So I was really grateful to play that part. Um, but unfortunately, about two two weeks into my contract as Bruce, my voice started breaking. Um, and because of his uh, vocals, which are just absolutely crazy um in revolting children etc uh it's just not safe for to be singing that on a breaking voice because it's just dangerous can damage your voice for forever realistically so uh, i left the show early so i only i don't know how many performances i got to do but not not as many as i should have um which was really really tough for me as like a as like a 13 year old boy was tough seeing all your friends still doing it all the people you've worked with and like created with and then having to be like peace out um was was not was not fun but um you know it really did in some ways really drive me to know that you know I wanted to get back there and I didn't I didn't want that just to be the end because of something that was happening that happens to everyone um just bad timing for me basically yeah, I mean, that is a real challenge and almost a, a great lesson to learn that early on, that your body is your tool and, like, your career depends on your health. Yeah, for sure. It's it's such a um, such an important thing to remember. And, you know, sometimes I will admit, like, I get lazy with it. Like, sometimes, like, I you know, I'm not stretching, I'm not rolling out, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? You're literally like um neglecting the thing you have that pays your bills (laughs) like quite literally um you know i tried i tried to stretch every morning and well uh like roll out and do my sort of morning routine every morning um and then when i was when i just started this contract in rehearsals did it every day it was perfect moved to bath for a month um for our first venue and literally was just, I think, so overwhelmed with everything. I completely cut it out, uh, wasn't doing it at all. And I was like, I really started to feel it take its toll um, and just didn't feel like I was as capable or like my body was as well trained into doing as much as I was doing. Um, So it's so important to know that that really does 
make a difference to what you can put on the table and it's the same vocally as well you know just singing every day and just keeping on top of it is super important um i went through a phase after i left matilda where i um because i was i was so like embarrassed about um my voice breaking and obviously that being the reason i had to leave a west end show i sort of stopped singing i really focused on my dance i'm so grateful i did because i really let my dance excel um but for years i just i sang still sang but i didn't put as much as anywhere near as much time into that as i did my dance um now looking back at it i'm like oh damn it i wish i kept that up because then i could have been you know definitely like on a on a level par Whereas to me, I think my dance is definitely stronger than my singing. Um, so it's super important to just remember those things and just keep up and keep working on your things. And just in your own time, it's not about going to every class and obviously class and things help, but just 10 minutes in the morning, do a stretch and do some sirens and things. And, you know, just keep it on top of it and just keep keep the ball rolling, really. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think maintenance is just as important as any part of our job. And I think that definitely proves it. And being able to listen and recognise when you didn't do it, you you felt different. For sure. For sure. It was, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I you know, I found it's, it's, so, it's such a thing that, you know, teachers you have over the years say to you, you need to do this, you need to do this. I don't need to do that. Why would I do that? And I did it and I was like, ah, that's why I did it. And I know I say the same to my students now and they look at me and I'm like, you're not going to do it. And I was like, when you do do it, you'll realise that I wasn't just chatting rubbish. I, I mean it. But, you know, you have to you have to find that discovery for yourself. Um, and it's our job as teachers to just remind that and just keep easing it in until they that you know students have to take that initiative themselves we can't force it down their throats especially not dance uh, and performing arts because whilst to us it is such an important thing an important part of life um in the grand scheme of things and a lot of parents and things don't see it as is important as like you know if they're at school and things so when we're like oh you need to be doing this if you email home saying you know the kids need to be doing this um you know they're like well the kids have got homework and that's more important and i understand that but it's when they when they decide that it is that important for them and they all take that and then they'll be like ah okay i get it i get it i did the same i hit that point and i was like right this makes sense yeah yeah, I think as well, when you're um, younger, I know for me, looking back, like some days I was motivated to do it and some days I wasn't because some days, you know, I was really like, oh, I want to go and I want to do this and this is what I want with my career, so I'm going to make it happen. And then there were days where I was like, mm, I don't want to get out of bed. But now as a professional, there's another element to that. If I don't do it, it's not only will not push me forward, but there's a chance that I could get injured and not pay my bills like there's a real level of responsibility now that I didn't have before Mm, for sure for sure and that's 
the thing at the end of the day is it's it's our job and it's it's, it's how we how we pay our rent um and you know it is it is a serious thing and whilst we want to um we want to keep that up and keep it for our love of theatre and our kind of creative side of it. We also, it's our duty and and it's part of our job to do that. Um, yeah, for sure. Wanted to ask you, who's been the biggest inspiration in in your life? It doesn't have to necessarily be performing, but I, I would love to know like who it is that's inspired you. This is such a hard question. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Let's go with. I'm gonna go with two people, if that's okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go one more more performer, one that's a still a performer, but not in our sort of industry. So let me start with the performer one because that's probably gonna be easier. So um, my biggest inspiration is probably. Uh, Al Blackstone. Um, so Al is a dancer choreographer in based in New Jersey, um, and he is one of the most phenomenal storytellers I have ever met and learned from in my life. Um, when I met Al and started taking class from Al in New York um, and LA, that was when I really. Um, saw a different side to dance and movement in theatre. Uh, Al creates a lot of work that's storytelling through movement. So uh, no lyrics, no words, it's just pure movement. And the way he can tell a story and it be so clear what is going on without saying a word, just blows my mind it's it's incredible i've never seen someone else that can do it like he does uh, i went to see um one of his shows when i was in new york last called freddie falls in love um and it was just incredible it's an hour show um and it's it was just unbelievable and the movement is so I don't really like the word organic, but it really, it really was. Um, and it was pure intention behind movement. There was no gap filling. Every single movement helped the story move along. Uh, it helped that Melanie Moore was performing um, in this piece. And I mean, she is just incredible. And, you know, legs are literally like bending around her head. Um and that is, he just, is just, he just has a way of putting movement together that um, really for me is theatre. That is like theatre to me. His classes uh, and his choreography is theatre to a T. And that's where I want to take my sort of creation and my way of jazz and theatre and bringing that taking it away from the whole, you know, like, stereotypical musical theatre, step clicks, jazz hands, like, you know, and bring it back to really, like, why we're doing movement, why movement is a part of musical theatre, those three things, singing, dancing, and acting. Singing is all storytelling. Acting is all storytelling. 
and then dance sort of gets lost in this realm of oh it looks pretty to make the show look better no dance is storytelling and that should be they should be on par with each of those three should be on par of how much storytelling is coming through it shouldn't be 40 percent 40 percent 20 percent it should be 33.3 whatever <laughs> uh, for all three um so he he does an absolutely incredible job of that and he works with, uh, closely with a guy called billy griffin who again uh, from new york is just one of the most incredible uh, theater choreographers and has so much style and elegance um and yeah they are probably two of my favorite theater uh, creators um and ever since i've learned from al um and you know like i watch all his works um Unfortunately, I haven't been able to go back to New York, obviously, since COVID and things to train with him. Uh, but he just absolutely inspired me and really kind of shifted my mindset of dance and theatre and how I would like to bring theatre into my style of theatre. Um, and it really kind of helped me shape what I want to do and how I see dance in theatre. That's amazing. I love that. And I love that that resonated with you so much that it's like stuck with you. And it's it just goes to show like the teachers that we have and the creatives we see have such an impact on performers that they probably don't realise they even have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he. there's so many people I've learned from. I could, I could literally sit here for hours and talk about it, but... Um, Al's always been my sort of my biggest inspiration in in the sense of theatre. Um, and yeah, it's just, I could listen to him for hours. He has so much knowledge and he's so, um, he's so willing to share that and willing to help and lead people, which is what I love. You know, there's a one thing I love from teacher, any teacher I go to, if you're willing to give everything you have, um, that is, I, I adore learning from you. And I always say to, as, as a teacher myself, my, my thing is that what should be happening is to my students, I am giving you, I should be giving you everything I know, every last drop of my information. And then you should get every last drop of information from your other teacher and the other teacher and the other teacher so that you have all my information, all their information, all their information and so on. So each time that information is being passed on to these students, the industry should step up a level and we have more information. Our dancers become more educated and have more to play with. And then that's how our industry should grow. The one thing I can't, I, I, do, I will never understand is a teacher that will save stuff for themselves because they don't want their, their students to be in an audition with them next week and know more than them that that just blows my mind in my in my eyes um if that's a mindset you have teaching isn't for you teaching is all about giving and sharing um and just wanting to better our industry as a whole to be honest like it's not about that person it's about in 20 years when they're in a job and they're teaching the next generation they're giving them all your information and we're just all going to grow um so it is, it is the major factor for me of just feeling like the teacher wants me to 
get better and wants me to improve. I think that's such an important point and I'm so glad that you've mentioned it because we've never really talked about this before. But um, it's about finding the right teacher, isn't it? And I think that that's so important. And sometimes people see these big names of these big teachers in the industry and they really want to take class with them. And for me, when I watch them work, that's not necessarily they're a great name and they've made a wonderful name for themselves but that isn't always that doesn't mean they're the best teachers and I think you have to be so careful when you're choosing teachers that you don't just follow names that you also look at who's actually going to teach you and want you to be better than what they are because my students say to me all the time I want to be like you when I'm older and I want to be to your level and I'm like no you want to be better than me like you should aim to be better you know and um I think it, it it's really great that you mentioned that because some of the biggest names some of them are absolutely incredible but some are um have made an amazing name for themselves but they're not necessarily going to be the people that encourage you and bring out the best in you and not every teacher is going to do that for every single person different people are going to resonate with different people and when I watch people like you and Rosina teach you can see that you can see that you want them to really be inspired and take whatever they can from you and then go on to do their own thing not be a recreation of them for sure, for sure, yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, like you said, uh, to, in, my, in my eyes, uh, uh, there's a difference between being a brilliant choreographer and a brilliant teacher. Now, some people are both. Some people are both. I will not take that away. Absolutely. But some people who create the most phenomenal works and are just incredibly talented don't have that natural lack for teaching which is absolutely fine like that's okay but and whilst it's great every so often to go and learn their choreography and learn their moves and learn how you move in their in their creation it's also not ideal to to favor that over someone that is going to teach you and who can understand how you move how you learn and really shape you as a dancer um but yeah, like like you said, we me me and Rosina and Sam, our team, we really do want that. I think that is one of our common points: is we want to just give, 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 and we we there's nothing we love more than watching like the kids we teach just do some incredible things, and you know, even like years on, like it's just it's such a rewarding thing teaching. Um, even like some of the kids like we I've taught since when I first started teaching about five years ago, who when I was teaching them they were like, you know, like eight or nine and now they're like thirteen, fourteen and are like finding their cells and finding how they move and you know, they do one thing or like they say, oh, this is Rory's thing um, and you know, they do a move and that just absolutely fills me with like joy or they're like oh Rory taught me this back in the day and I'm like wow that is such a like huge thing for me and I find it the most rewarding thing and I think that's why I teach like I love seeing that and I love being a part of people's journeys and you know I hope that like in years to come these kids that I've been teaching for however long 
go into the industry and then you know I can go and watch them um and you know it's just that most rewarding feeling in my eyes yeah so you're on the UK tour of Bugsy Malone how is that it is incredible it is it really is it's recording in progress uh, yeah no it is it's just it's an absolute like dream of a show is um I came into this show thinking um you know, we do bits here and there, ensemble. You know, it's mainly about the kids. We have three teams uh, of seven kids who are, are just incredibly talented. Their vocals and their acting is just incredible. Um, and I'm, I really adore working with kids anyway, so being able to um, be in a show with kids is, is so great. Um, it's tiring because we have to do everything three times in rehearsals and things. Um, but, you know very rewarding and seeing them and seeing the reception they get is is incredible um i yeah well, i came into this show thinking we'd do like bits here and there you know the odd odd bit um but my god it is a crazy show it is non-stop it's so fast-paced um we are in as an ensemble we are in like every scene it's i think from the first from the opening to, I think, about scene eight in act one. I'm in every single scene. I think I have, like, six quick changes in a row. Um, five suits, three-piece suits. It's a three-piece suits. Um, but it is just such a quick-witted, um, fun, enjoyable show. You know, it's not too serious. It is definitely, like, a family fun show. It's a feel-good show. Um, but it also... I find a lot of shows, people think if they're a fun, feel-good show, like kids' show, they lose that integrity of, like, what we've trained for um, and how hard the the show is physically, vocally. Um, but it has not lost that at all. Like, I mean, obviously, having Drew McConey as your choreographer is, uh, I mean, an absolute dream come true. Um, and being able to work with him on... Um, like I said earlier, my first professional contract as as an adult um, has just been incredible. Um, and our associate choreographer Leanne Pinder, it's just she just works magic. Um, the whole creative team is just phenomenal. But Drew's moves, like again, he he's such a storyteller, and he tells such a great story through his movement. Um, whilst also kicking our butts and making us sweat buckets. Um, so it's been such it's been such a privilege to be able to work with those guys and, and perform the show they had back in 2016. Um, but one thing I've really enjoyed is we came into the room, obviously, to recreate a show um, that was already done. And, you know, we got given our spacing, we knew exact. They knew exactly where we were meant to stand on what point, where we to deliver the line from, um, etc. But one thing I really enjoyed was they gave us the freedom to make the show ours and and really take our characters and do what we needed to do with them to make them sit in our bodies, um, which is phenomenal that we had the chance to do that. Whilst we're not an original cast, it's the first time this show has toured 
so things are different um and also we were just really given that freedom to experiment and, and put our own twist on it and not feel like we were just being uh, a, you know a carbon copy of the people who did it five years ago six years ago um which i really appreciated um our associate um director fran she is just incredible and she's the kindest soul as well um and she just really helped us kind of like nurture whilst giving us ideas um and putting ideas on the table never telling us you know that's not good that's wrong you know just really trying to experiment and find these things rather than telling us exactly what we had to do um but yeah the show is incredible uh we've just finished our first venue uh i'm it's my day off today. Um, uh, so we are moving into Birmingham tomorrow, um, ready for three weeks in Birmingham. And then we're on weekly touring for the rest of the year until June 2023, I believe. Um, which is crazy. Sounds so far away. but um, It'll soon come round. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um, but it's been such an experience and, so far, I mean, we're only two months in, one month of rehearsals and one month of uh, shows so far. And I mean, I mean, the cast is, I, yeah, I can't forget. The cast is just incredible. We have such a young cast. I mean, we're a cast um, mainly, we go from age 18, mostly around the age of like 22 24 uh obviously i'm 20 so i'm the youngest guy in the cast um and then we have our dc will um and for such a young cast the talent is just incredible like i was so not shocked but just absolutely in awe when i walked into the room and was working with these people that are just so young yet so um switched on and so careful and proud of their work and who really knew how to work um and create a phenomenal show um and we all get on super well and all have a great time and all live together sleep together eat together drink together um which, you know, I couldn't ask for more. Everyone gets on so well. Um, and they, we are like a little family already and we're only two months in. Um, so it's, it's been such a great experience so far. I'm really looking forward to the next 10 months of touring the UK. Yeah, I mean, that's so exciting. You're going to be living out of a suitcase for the next 10 months, which is crazy. (laughs) In terms of, like, the tour life, have you had to find your own digs or have the company managed to find you places? And how's that been? So this is one thing I've been saying since I started this contract um, that I find crazy that we don't get taught. I kept saying this to people. We don't get taught any of this ever throughout our, our journeys growing up in and um, transitioning into professionals. Um, so for this tour, we get um, a living allowance. Um, uh, so the equity at the moment is £300 a week. Um, to um, And that is to pay for your accommodation and your food. Um, and it is just a here's the money, find your dicks. Uh, 
which is crazy um, and a massive shock to the system. Um, no one tells you what you should be looking out for. Red flags, they don't tell you like how far you ideally should be from the theatre. Um, luckily, I have my car, so I've taken some things that are a bit further out um, because I'm driving on tour so I have that freedom but you know like some people who we hadn't done this before you know we booked digs that were miles out um and then was like oh now I've got to get two trains and a bus to the theatre these are things you don't you don't know um and you know like it's 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 odd as well because a lot of digs you're living in someone's house um so it's, it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable at first. Uh, luckily, you can get some that are self-contained. So you sort of have your own like studio flat. You have your own little kitchen area and bathroom, which is what I've tried to do quite a bit just to give me that sort of like independence and freedom and also feel not like I'm like getting in the way. I hate feeling like I get in the way of someone, especially in their own home. So I like to keep, keep my bits separate. Um, but it is, you know, living in someone's house. And luckily, there's a lot of people around the UK who love theatre and offer their houses out. Um, but yeah, it is something that I think people need to be told is that, you know, how much you ideally should be spending on your digs per week, how much you should be leaving for food and how much you should be leaving for travel. Um, I think it should be something that's spoken about a lot more. Um, because, you know, I went into this pretty much blind. Um, you know, I had, I had an idea. I've spoken to a few people that had done tours, but it was a massive shock. And, you know, I left booking some of my digs till really late and went to do it. And I was like, okay, there's nothing. Uh, I mean, I moved to Birmingham tomorrow. I got my digs confirmed yesterday evening um, because two people cancelled on me unfortunately we're in Birmingham at the same time as the Commonwealth Games so it's nowhere to stay um, and I'm literally having to stay with one of my castmates on a sofa bed for three weeks um, which luckily he has a sofa bed but um, you know because I didn't book it early enough and someone cancelled on me I was left almost for three weeks without digs um, which would, would have been fun uh, would have been interesting to say the least. Um, but it is it is something that um, you know I didn't I didn't know about doing touring, and you know knowing how much to bring on tour, what suitcases to get, um, whether we're allowed to put stuff on the truck with the set, uh, whether I need to bring this that, what I need to bring to the theatre. Um, I just think I don't think is spoken about. Um, as openly as it should be, um, with, especially in like drama schools and things, all it is is about how to get into the room and how what you should do in the room. But then the conversation stops there. And, and, and it's like, oh, if you're good enough to get a job, you'll, you'll know. You'll that figure stuff. it out. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, we need to, you need to be talking about how to get in the room. Once you're in the room, how to, how to book the job. And once you've booked the job, what you need to do, one, to keep the job, and two, to, to keep yourself alive and, and, and happy and being able to deliver and do your job 
um, because, you know, it takes its toll. Like, it's tiring, especially being on tour. Like, traveling is tiring. I spent four hours in the car yesterday coming home from Bath. Um, I've got today, which I'm going to class. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to class. Um, but, you know, uh, I've missed being in London. So, you know, I'm training today. And then I've got to drive to Birmingham tomorrow. When we're on weekly touring, we finish a show on a Sunday evening. I've got to be in the next venue on the Tuesday morning. So, so you know, sometimes we're going from Glasgow to Coventry to, to Newcastle to Southampton to Plymouth. Um, and they're long journeys. It's tiring. Um, and you have to new venues as well. The set changes. The set's the same, but stages are different sizes. Theatres are different sizes, backstage is a different size as your dressing rooms are different distances from the stage. It's things like that that I, I didn't realise. Well, I did realise, but didn't put into perspective of how much of an impact they would have. And even just a heads up at some point would have been great because I'd be like, okay, I get that. Um, luckily, I have a very experienced um, DC on my job, Will Lucas, who... I'm really grateful for because he's taught he, I've learned so much from him um, purely from like he's done I mean he's done all the jobs under the sun um, and he has such an understanding of like the the sort of like contractual side of it and the equity side of it which I'm so uh, inexperienced of like I don't know how many hours well, I do know how many hours I should be working, but like I didn't know what to do if I'd gone over my overtime and things weren't being paid, or I didn't know that uh, my travel day should be separate to my rest day. Things like this that I learned from him that I know in my next contract, I will be able to stand my ground and know what I need to say and know what I should be doing and know what's acceptable. Um, because if I didn't have him on this tour, I would still be like, yeah, of course, of course, you know, we. I feel like we're told so much in this industry, you have to say everything's okay, it's a hard industry, you know, you should be working until you, you can't walk and all this. No, 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 it's, it's far from the truth. You should be working hard, but you should be working smartly and not inhumanely. Like, you should not be doing 15-hour days every day you know, that's not okay, that's not okay on your bodies, that's not okay on your minds, um, and it is, it's, it's that, you know, I, w I will say, like, personally, like, I'm, I was so frightened, because I've had so many people, teachers and things that have said to me, you know, if a, if a director or choreographer or company manager says this, you do it, and you don't, because if you don't do it, they will hate you, and they'll never book you for a job again, and actually, I'm like, actually, no, this is my my safety, my my mental health and everything. I need to be able to actually put my foot down and be like, no, this isn't okay. I, I'm not doing this. And stand my ground as not only as a performer, but as a human and know when things are right and things are wrong and not being afraid to actually have that conversation. It's not about, and obviously it's about the way you go about it um, and have that conversation with them. But, you know, in this industry, we're all adults. You need to be able to have a conversation with someone if something's wrong and not just grin and bear it. Like we're told 
so much through our training. Grin and bear it, grin and bear it. No, no pain, no gain, and all that rubbish. Um, actually, it's about working smart and working efficiently so that you can have the longevity of your career and also have that respect from people that know you're not going to be a pushover or take the job for no money or um, things like that. Um, and, you know, if we all do the same thing, if we all stop undercutting each other and, you know, taking these jobs that are ridiculous hours for ridiculous money, that's when our industry will progress and will build up. Because if no one takes that job and understands that actually that is taking taking the mick out of our industry and the training we've done, then eventually those people who are trying to offer those jobs are going to have to up their prices or take down their hours. And as a whole, our industry will improve and our working conditions and our living conditions as performers will skyrocket. And, and that is what we all need to do as a collective, as performers is, uh, you know, have each other's backs really, not undercut each other just to get the job. Um, we should, we're all working together. Yes, we're, a lot of the time, you know, we're fighting for the same jobs, but we need to really understand that we're all in the same industry and the only people that can help our living, our conditions and how we're respected as performers is each other. We all have to, you know, stand together and really kind of like fight for that together and not not let big producers and whoever up there um, do what they want and us say, yes, sir, certainly, sir. Um, yes, that's fine. You know, you've got, to, you've got to stand up for yourself, really. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's an element of in training, they don't want people to be difficult to work with. And I understand that. But you've got to have personal boundaries. You've got to have mm-hmm. professional boundaries. And by standing up for your worth and your rights to have rest, that's not being difficult. That's knowing your value. And they are two different things. Completely, completely, uh, yeah, hit the nail on the head there. It is, is that boundary, and it's understandable. Like, some people are just difficult to work with, and that is that is not what you want, and I understand that, and teachers kind of telling you, you know, you don't want to do that. Completely, um, but it's, ju- it's just finding, that it's that fine line. It's always that fine line of knowing being difficult and being a diva, and actually just standing up for yourself and what's right and what is actually going to help you. And everyone's different. Like, some people can work for longer and some people can't. Some people need to eat more during the day. Some people can run off less food. Right? And it's about learning how you work and um, kind of like accommodating that and knowing how you'll be able to work to your best ability because that's all they want. That's all the creatives all the producers want is they want you to produce the best work you can. They wouldn't have hired you if, if they didn't think you could, but they want you to bring everything you have for the ta- to the table. If they don't think you're bringing everything you have to the table, they're not going to be happy with the, the work you're creating and producing. But if you're not having a conversation to them saying, I can create my best work when I'm doing this, or this isn't helping me create my best work, then they don't know. You know, you have to have that conversation. Um, and it's difficult, it's tough, especially as a, as a young performer. Like, being only 20 years old, um, you know, I should 
I should have only just graduated performing arts college. Um, I left early anyway, but, um, you know, I'm fresh into the industry. Like I'm still very new into the industry. I'm still learning so much. Um, but I feel like a lot of, um, teachers love to scare, like scaremonger people and students, which it's not, it shouldn't be a scary thing. <laughs> like this is what, this is, it's our job and you know, we should be valued. Um, shouldn't be scared to have conversations with people at the end of the day they're humans um it's just about having that kind of courage to actually accept and know what's right and what's wrong and just valuing yourself I guess yeah no absolutely and I think everything you've said there is um, a really important people for whoever is listening to remember that going into their careers in the future to know their worth and be able to feel like you can have these conversations because they're important. For sure. I would love to ask you one final question about you. Um, So what advice would you give to any aspiring performer that said they wanted to go into this career and they wanted to know what your main piece of advice was for them what would that be oh that is such a tough question my main piece of advice um oh that is so tough um my main piece of advice uh, coming from now I'm going to talk mainly from a, a, a more dance background just because that's where I, I am kind of like that's where I sit in my opinion um, I think something that is so important and something that I've taken with me um, is that you have to train smart um, and it comes from Rosina and Sam's business and their, their sort of how, what they do. They have dance smarter, right? And it's something that didn't click with me for years. And then it clicked with me and it improved how I work so much. Um, it's not always about doing the most. It's not always about doing the most hours. It's not always about doing the most of something it's about how you do it and how you take that time and use your time efficiently um i used to be a crazy like do so much everything you can go 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 to eight classes as as much as you can um and then i learned that actually it wasn't because i was doing too much i was giving 20% 20% to each class rather than being able to give my 100% in that class and take as much as away from those classes um, and I think once you find how you work um, and the people you work well with that's easier to do um, and I think you should always know what your body needs and, and respect that um, and just find your way there's no there's no path that is set in stone in this career um you know in in a lot of people's eyes it's you do you audition for a college 
you get into a college, you go and do three years and you get a degree or a diploma in musical theatre or dance. And then in your end of third year show, you get an agent. In, and then once you're with that agent, you stay with that agent and then you go to an audition and then you hopefully get a job. And that is how it runs. It's not how it runs at all. Um, and it shouldn't have to be how it runs. Um, there are so many paths, and I think it's so important to know that you need to write your own path um, and not just listen to what one person tells you it is like or one person tells you this is the way to do it. You have to be able to write that path for yourself. Um, and I, in training... I was on a three-year course and it got to the end of first year and I I really got to the point where I decided that that wasn't for me. It wasn't how I learned best. It wasn't how I um, how I knew I could get the most out of myself. Um, and I tried I tried it um, and so many people told me like, no, you have to have a degree. Without this name on your CV, you know, you're not going to get in the room. You're not going to get an audition. Um, and I was like, but you know what? Like, I feel like I've plateaued. I feel like I'm not improving. My mental health isn't good because I'm so upset with myself for not improving. Um, and I decided to take that leap um, and, and leave. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the smartest idea going into COVID because there was no work for me. Um, so I left uni and there was nothing. I sat in my house, <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm so glad I did take that leap because once I got out of that and I managed to get myself an agent, um, uh, you know, my first agent didn't work out for me. Um, and, you know, I think people need to remember that your first agent an agent you work is it's not it's not a life contract you know people work well with different people there's not a bad agent there's not a good agent it's how you work with them and that's what you need to look for luckily i then signed with my agent who i'm with now home talent group uh, rob game who used to be my singing teacher well i still have singing lessons with him now um and he signed me and he sat me down and he said to me you know this is going to be tough he said you don't have a training credit on your CV. Your last job was in 2014 as a child. On paper, okay, send your CV to people. On paper, they're going to go, how do I know he's good? He said, I know you're good because I've seen you. How do they know you're good? And I was like, you're right. You've got an absolute great point there. Um, I was like, this is what I've done. I train hard, I work hard. I said, I promise as soon as you get me in that room, I will work my socks off and as I will do everything I can so that that casting director knows me and then I can get in the room. Luckily, Rob worked his magic and within a week I was in the room for Bugsy. It was my first theatre audition. Um, and, you know, I knew it was the time for me and that it was a huge step for me that I'd managed to not do three years of training, not get an agent um, through college. And I had actually managed to get myself in a room for a major UK tour with the help of my agent, of course, but off my own back and not the way everyone told me was the only way to do it. Um, 
and you know, I luckily enough, I know this doesn't happen often. I'm not saying this happens often at all. But I booked, I booked that job like off my first audition, and you know, it felt so rewarding. Um, and that's just my, that's just my path. You know, some people don't even need to do one year. Some people need to do one year. Some people need to do two years. Some people need three years. Some people need five years. But it's a, it's not about how little you can do. It's about how knowing how much you need to do to get yourself to that point and whilst I say I didn't train I train when I'm not in a job and obviously touring um I train a class all, all, all week you know and I have singing lessons and even when I'm teaching I'm training like you know if I'm doing an exercise I'm doing it with with my students like I'm, I'm training my body. I'm doing every warm up. If I teach five classes in a row, I do every warm up because that gives me time to train as well. Um, so my biggest thing, I think, is just don't let someone tell you there's one way to do something. There's thousands and thousands of ways. There's no right way. There's no wrong way, and you will get there eventually. Everyone's paths will be longer or shorter. They're all going to be different. No one's two paths should be the same. This industry should not be an industry full of clones that do three years and then go and get the same agent and then go on the same job. That's not what it is. It's about being individual and knowing how you grow and how you learn and how you can take that into the industry and creating an industry full of thousands of people who have so much to offer and something new to offer to our industry to keep it huge and keep it big and keep it developing and keep it improving every year absolutely thank you so much rory for that amazing advice and for taking the time out of your date to come on the show for everyone listening where can they find you and follow you and keep up to date with what you're doing yeah, so uh, my Instagram handle is rory.fraser1808. Um, that's probably the easiest place on there is my link tree and stuff. So you've got my website um, and then uh, I'll post most of my teaching stuff on there and then all my other bits are on there and on my website as well. Um, yeah, I think Instagram is always, I find, like the easiest place these days. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, find me on Instagram. Um and you know, get in touch and say hey. And if you see me at class, come say hey as well, because I love seeing people at class as well. <laughs> Super, and I'll make sure Rory's handle is in the show notes of this episode. So if you're struggling to find him on Instagram, head to the show notes and you will find all the links where you can follow his work. Thank you so much, Rory, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been great to chat to you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone listening at home. I'm your host, Bethany Unwin, and this has been Performer Talks. Thank you so much for listening to Performer Talks. You can head to the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag now. You can also head to the show notes to get in touch with Bethany at the Performer Journals on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to head to Spotify or iTunes where you can leave us a review. A review helps make the industry more accessible by releasing our podcast to more performers and helping them get the help they need for free. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.